Once again, the city is ours. I'm James Rushton. That's Daniel Raza. Uh, Villa have just beaten Birmingham City. Uh, remind me, mate, was it 4-2? It was 4-2. 4-2 Aston Villa 4, Birmingham City 2. Uh, obviously, Birmingham City taking the lead. Uh, it was obviously 1-0 to Birmingham City to start with. And then almost out of nowhere, or almost unexpectedly, Aston Villa just taking the game by the scruff of the neck and uh, just scoring for fun after that. It was very much a typical... Derby, not typical in the sense that uh, that there was a lack of goals, but typical in the sense that it was very rough. There was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tussling between players, and it's what you expect to see on Derby Day. Also, it is the thirteenth game in a row now that Villa have um, not succumbed to defeat by by uh, Birmingham City. That's incredible. Um, if this, the stat is right, then uh, that's fine. But uh, I don't think they beat Villa at Villa. It's the main thing you want to beat your uh, rival. At their ground, that's worth more than winning at the home ground. I mean, I always feel better. You know, I, I love when Villa beat Blues at Villa Park like today. But it means so much more to beat them at St. Andrews. And that is very much the case with Blues, I'd guess. It, it means that, you know, it, it's amazing to win at Villa Park. And for nine whole minutes, mate, they were winning. I think uh, they started the game very well. They were very direct with their threat. Uh, Lukas Jutkovic. Um, got the best of an injured James Chess who was hobbling about the place and uh, managed to, you know, that he got the best of everyone. Um, Oya Nyland was put out by, uh, by Che Adams um, and the ball from a corner fell to Jukovic who, uh, who buried it too easy. Way too easy. And uh, Blues took the lead and that was a gut punch. So the the first thing we have is the, the whole hype, you know, going into the game with Gary Monk, um, people saying Blues have improved, massively improved. They're a threat. They're this or that. They haven't been beaten. You know, they've lost one in thirteen, and uh, they immediately live up to all the credentials, all the hype, and uh, it was a gut punch. Uh, Villa Park fell mostly silent for a bit. Yeah, look. Uh, I mean, on this show, we talk in footballing terms, don't we, James? You know, it's, we, we've got it. We've got to talk footballing terms. Uh, Birmingham City were the better team up until that point. Uh, they absolutely were. It seemed up until a point that that Aston Villa were sort of uh, stuffed back into our own half for a lot of that game. It did seem like that three in midfield and those three up top were really struggling to to make runs in behind those Birmingham City defenders. It just it just seemed like a little bit slow and lethargic to start with, in all honesty with you. I don't think that the midfielders took the game by the scruff of the neck. Birmingham City came in. They did their thing. You know, they, they roughed up Jack Grealish. Yeah, perhaps there should have been some better yellow cards. I mean, so, sorry, perhaps there should have been some more yellow cards. And perhaps the officials could have done a little bit better at controlling things. But it's a derby. What do you expect? And Birmingham City came in like that, you know? There was a lot of comments on the tussle between Nyland and Adams. So when the corners come in, they've tussled and basically fell over each other or got tangled up. Um, people saying the goal should have been maybe disallowed? No, it's soft, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if, if that had happened to us, I think... Uh, I mean, the goalkeeper, you have to protect the keeper. By the laws of the game, you have to protect the keeper. You can't have them just getting knocked about. Um, but it, it, it was very 50-50. It just looks like they kind of tangled and fell over. No, look, the, um, real, issue, the real issue there isn't that... Nyland. Nyland wasn't going to get to that. Either way, Nyland wasn't going to get to that, right? Uh, at the end of the day, Jutkiewicz was uh, was left unmarked. He got ahead of his got ahead of his defender, who I believe was Glenn Whelan. I don't want this to turn into the Let's All Slate Glenn Whelan show, but it, it was Glenn Whelan who should have been watching the run. Um, and, he, and he came in and, you know, Jutkiewicz is great from set pieces. That's, that's what he's there for. That is why Birmingham City uh, signed him. And 
I don't mean this as a criticism, but Birmingham City have been one of the real long ball teams in the in the championship. I believe they're second uh, in in the championship in terms of long balls played forward, and uh, Jutkovic is perfect for that. And obviously, he, he got at the end of it, and it was a, it was a pretty little finish from him. Yeah, the, my my issue with with it is uh, not necessarily that it was Whelan's man, but you look at Jutkovic and uh, his ten goals. And you think he's the main threat? Why isn't one of Villa's four capable defenders marking him? And um, why is no one in that area? Why is Tammy Abraham doing a very weak job on that post? There's only two people uh, there who you could trust against Kovic, though. Surely, there's, and there's no one. On. Yeah, yeah, there's no one, and they're not. They're nowhere to be seen. And I understand that they've got um, different marking assignments. Maybe they'll be looking for the centre backs, especially you know Harley Dean. You'd be looking for Kifton Bold. You'd be looking for a lot, a lot of threats there. Um, but no one is marking one of the main ones, um, or, or if he's been marked, um, he's got away too easily. And uh, the fail safe failed um, when the goal was open. Uh, Tammy Abraham could do nothing. I mean, it did go directly through his legs, and I know it's you know chaos in the box, but a little bit of focus there from a few different people would have really helped. Um, Nyland, I don't want to put the blame on him, but I don't think getting into a tangle in the middle of the box away from his line was the best thing to have done. Mm. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to pin that on him. No, but then again, it's not a goal you can overanalyze. It really no, is. It was. Set. It was. It was a good set piece from Birmingham City. They they found their guy, uh, and and honestly, from that sort of position, you expect your striker to bury that, regardless. So uh, yeah, I, there's there's not too much to be said there. I don't. Th- I I mean, Birmingham City scored that goal. Fair play. But I think my issue was up until that point, Villa just hadn't seemed to to get out uh, get out the doors at all. Uh, and and I think that that really was the problem. Uh, but then almost out of nowhere, this revival of 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 passion, this revival of energy coming from Villa. I suppose like five minutes after that goal had been scored, and almost out of nowhere, Jonathan Codger buried it. Yeah, I mean before that, you had a lot of um, a lot of nerves and worry from Villa. Villa didn't wake up because um, you saw Craig Gardner cross it in, and Che Adams was free. In the box, the ball beat everyone. Chadams got it. And he hit oh. the post. A lot's been made of that, mate. Um, but I have to say, hitting the—I wrote about this on the site. Um, hitting the post, it's a shot off target that makes a loud noise. That's it. It doesn't mean anything. Uh yeah, I, I hear that. But also, that that really should have been buried. And I think that it did. It it, it really should have worried the Villa defenders, and I think it did. I think it did. It was poor defending. The fact that we let him get there, and then, you know, that was that was very, very nearly nearly in. Uh, it should have been buried. It should have been. But I, I think equally, if you're a Birmingham City fan, you're watching that and thinking, right, we're up for it. And the Blues players as well. They're they're going to be thinking, right, we're up for it. You know, I don't think the immediate thought in their heads is right. Let's all, you know, put our heads down now. That was that was unfortunate. Um, what a shame. Uh, you know, we could be two up. I think their thought at that point is right. Let's let's go at them. Let's get Villa at the jugular because clearly, you know, our defense was asleep at that point. Yeah, it was um, it was quite worrying. But I mean, it was uh, as you said, it was the uh, alarm that Villa needed. They woke up, and uh, Albert Adoma. I mean, he underrated in this game. Two assists, two incredible assists. The first one of which went directly to Jonathan Codger, and he hustled to get this. It was right on the line. Uh, excellent crossing. Uh, it hit Codger in the chest, or so he chested it down, and he kind of swiped at it. Um, wasn't you know never not going in. Perfect little uh, derby scrappy goal. 
And uh, good to see Kodja actually performing and turning up and getting a goal under his belt and doing well. But also good to see Adoma bag something. Um, uh, he's he's got in the right positions, but it hasn't come off for him like last season. He's a threat. It's just he isn't converting the chance, the quality of chances he's making. And he's up there with Tammy Abraham in shot quality. He's getting into the key positions and taking shots there, but they ain't going in like they were last season. And uh, Villa have showed the faith, and he's getting into these dangerous, deadly positions and putting in really good really good balls and really good shots. And uh, so it's good to see him come out of the day with two assists and the first one of which, Kodja, fantastic goal. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And he almost scored that from his left wing position, didn't he? He came in. Uh, that's that's what he's supposed to be doing, isn't he? I think he's more of an inside forward than a winger, right? Yeah, def- that's definitely how he's playing. Um, It's winger to winger, mate. So Adoma, the traditional winger, and you've got Kodja as the inside forward. So it's a bit off balance, which is per- it's perfectly fine. Um, so it's a bit off balance. He's coming in, getting to the byline, crossing it across the box. And Codge has already arrived inside forward, slots it away. And uh, the same happens for Villa's next goal. The exact same thing. Yeah, but this time it was pegged in on the left foot, wasn't it? Yeah, so he uh, cuts back in across. And of course, uh, 1-1, crosses in. And I thought this cross was going in anyway. So he's got to the edge of the box, curled this wicked ball in. And of course, Grealish diving header, 2-1 in a matter of seconds. Do you know when you see a cross, you never expect it to actually reach the head of the head of the striker, do you? There's that many crosses that you're you're just there thinking, right? It's a it's a it's a hopeful left footed cross. But as that ball made its way into the area, it started curling just just a little bit more every sort of millisecond. And <laughs> you're thinking, halfway through that, you're thinking, hang on a second, this might actually reach somebody. It's only Jack Grealish on the end of that. It's, he I mean, was gunning for that, mate. And yeah, after the game, you know, he made, he he was he was talking, wasn't he, to the, to the reporters? Who, you know, asked him like about about that goal, and and obviously, <laughs> obviously scoring against Birmingham City, and he's just there, like you know, I never expected it to, I never expected my first goal against Birmingham City to to be to be a diving header. <laughs> it's, it's clearly not, what was, you know, it's it's clearly not what was in his head, but you know, it's good to see that. And that's Jack Grealish again. We've been talking about this for the last few weeks. Jack Grealish being further forward again. Yeah, um, he's getting in the positions, and it was he, he was in Codger's position again, getting in um, behind. Uh, yeah, inside forward, getting far ahead, right into the corner. And again, I thought that cross was going in on its own accord. It looked like it was bending wickedly towards it, but Grealish uh, finishes seals the deal, puts Villa two one up in a matter of seconds. A game twists like that, and uh, Birmingham, apart from their consolation goal later on, they were done. They started it, 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 They started hoofing it, mate. They went back to Graham Taylor football. They went back to Charles Reap, Charles Hughes football. You know, just launching it into the, you know these low percentage balls into the into the corners. But that's how they've maintained their record of of, of so many draws this season. The City, you have to hand it, and they've been pretty good at that. To be fair to them, but but, but that's not what's working. That, mate. It, only, it only gets you thirteenth. You know what I mean? Being good at that doesn't get you necessarily promoted it gets you 14th or 15th yeah but they've 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 got a lot to make up for haven't they i don't think promotion is what they're aiming for at all i mean i i guess long term under gary monkey yeah absolutely but they they caused an absolute mess by getting rid of gary rowett and and i think gary monk is basically now cleaning up that mess that was you know that that was that was given over to to harry redknapp and then uh, what was what was the last manager before him? I mean, after Harry Redknapp. Uh, it was that 
one. The guy who kept on just faceless saying bloke. Se- no, the guy who kept on like giving really funny press conferences. So there was Zola, which we've um, bypassed. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Zola, Zola, of course. Yeah, Zola. And there was a really moody guy, and he um, it was he Steve Cottrell. It was Steve Cottrell. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, it was. His 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 his, his uh, quotes were amazing. But a lot of them was made of Gary Monk's Birmingham City, and yeah, they're better. But better for Birmingham City is thirteenth place. Um, they are bang. You know, shot quality, defense quality. Um, shots faced versus um, goals conceded, and shots taken versus goals scored. Bang average, middle of the pack team. Yeah. You know what you said? You said today. I mean, I I asked you before the game. Are you nervous? And you said no. Like you laughed it off. But it's thirteen games now. They haven't beaten us, right? Law of averages, law of statistics, really, just you know, a law of numbers, whatever one you want to call it. Sod's law tells you that at some point or another they're going to beat Villa. What What will it mean after all that? You know, you, if I beat you thirteen times for every one victory you have, what does that mean for you? It doesn't mean. Uh, it means that you have one special night every decade. They'll celebrate it. Yeah, they can celebrate it all they want, but what does it mean? It means that they're better than us on that occasion, and it means that on the last occasion, they're better than us. Which means that at that moment mean. in time, they can claim superiority, right? Yeah, I completely understand what you mean. It's just, uh, hmm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I'd rather take the 13 wins than the one loss occasionally oh yeah 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 definitely yeah yeah definitely yeah i understand that's not what you're saying though i mean definitely uh, you saw the reactions from blues when they scored and they did have a, p- a party for all of nine minutes uh, and they were on the ascendancy but a lot has been made of gary monk's team because it's gary monk managing it and at, it just looks like a sam Allardyce side you were at the game you said they were partying for like nine minutes right um yeah. I, I i saw what seemed like sort of like blue gas coming out of the stands what what was what was that was it like it's pyro? Pyro, yeah. What's the what's the what's the uh, general sort of consensus on pyro in in, in English football grounds? Because I know they use it a lot in, in Germany. What is it? Is it is it is a thing which is sort of like closely related to hooliganism or or what? I think the old heads get a bit annoyed at it, but I'm a big fan of it. Um, but you're a fan of pyro, yeah, yeah. I guess um sometimes in some circumstances it can be dangerous, but um I think there's a lot of exaggerated feelings towards it i mean the police don't like it um of course not and the footballing authorities don't like it but from what i've seen it's relatively harmless then again i do get the issue that if you can bring in a smoke bomb what else can you bring in to a football match oh right 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 yeah sure 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 no um it takes me back actually and this was this is just me exaggerating um but we went to the villa versus watford game and this is literally a day or so after the paris um the uh, Paris terrorist attack at the uh, Stade de France and um, someone threw a smoke bomb on the pitch and it didn't go off so it literally looked like a grenade right I remember that like from far away and you're like oh my god someone's chucked a fucking bomb on the pitch and then you, you come back to your senses about 10 seconds later and you're like no it's not so I get that um, it, you know there can be that general exi- anxiety over stuff that blows up mm. essentially <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just an exaggeration. I, I'm a big fan of it. All right. Well, I mean, was there any sort of trouble at the game today, or or was it uh, was it was it all fairly tame? Was it? Um, no, there wasn't. There That's wasn't good. any trouble. 
Um, but then again, there's like three thousand police officers there, and it's all fought out. Um, actually, most of it's fought out after the game. They uh, put all the uh, Birmingham coaches, so the players, the convoy of coaches, the players, the fans, in about four or five coaches, um, going down Witten Road, Witten Lane. Um, obviously, where there's packs, packs of packs of Villa fans. Um, not a good idea. No, of course I'd not. Say. Um, it wasn't like Liverpool, like bloody Boca Juniors and River Plate, well, or this anything like that. <laughs> it's all been every any anything today has been overshadowed. I mean, when you talk about derbies. The ultimate derby has been, you know, has absolutely overshadowed the news today, man. Like, it's it's ridiculous what's going on in Argentina. Like, we can just be lucky that we're not players aren't getting injured, you know, and people, you know, the majority of people. In fact, if you're a general citizen of Birmingham. You're not thinking, oh my gosh, we're in trouble today. The hooligans are out, right? We just got to be very, very lucky that we live like that because in Argentina, what's going on between Boca Juniors and and uh, River Plate is an absolute disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. You know, players have gotten injured. People are people are getting injured. You know, there's 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 police walking around the city at all times with with, with guns. Man, it's awful in comparison. You know. Yeah, um, so, I mean, a few people swearing at each other on a coach doesn't really consent to any sort of violence. And uh, I do feel um, that it's getting tamer for a good in a good way. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a positive thing. But back to the match, mate. Um, Villa come out for the second half 2-1 mm. up. They get a penalty through Tammy Abraham. And a lot of people, more so Birmingham City fans, have said that this was not a penalty. Um, I understand there's a 50-50 challenge before Abraham's hauled down, but he is chopped down in a in the penalty area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I think I think it was a penalty as well. I think it was a penalty. Yeah, and I think no question. I, I think you know what? If you're making silly challenges on a derby, right? What do you expect? You know, you've got to, you've got to be responsible, haven't you? You know, the amount of times that Jack Grealish was fouled, the amount of times you know players were backing up into each other, you know. And, and you know what? There was there was some of that from Villa players, uh, from you know Villa end as well. But um, you know you, you've just got to be responsible as a player. You don't make those challenges in the box, not on a derby. Yeah, if if you're going to stick your leg out in the box, um, what will happen is you you may give a penalty away. So the answer to that is stand your ground and don't stick your leg out in the box. Um, easier said than done, I guess. But um, Tammy converted that penalty with gusto, right in off the post. Villa three one up. Running the way of it, uh, Christian Pedersen, of course, the man who said he's going to uh, beat Jack Grealish up, mess him up, um, didn't do a single thing. Wait, is that what he said? <laughs> Wait, fill me in on this. So, do you know when uh, that video of Leandro Bakuna hanging out the car window on Broad Street, drunk? This was like their version of it. They'd gone up in a club to Christian Pedersen and said, what are you going to do to Grealish? And he said all this you know, a few weeks ago, clearly out of <laughs> his head. You know, we delivered oh. in the exact style of like Dolph Lundgren from the Expendables oh, franchise or Rocky Four, even Drago. Um, and he, the only thing he managed to do was convert a you know a cross and, and score the consolation goal. Listen, was it was a good goal. goal. It was a good goal. It was a good goal. Yeah, but it was it was meaningless. You know, they they, 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 a... they dragged the defenders out. You know, uh, Tanzivi was absolutely done there. Yeah, Villa were um in dire straits at the back and that I, I don't really want to blame anyone for that but if I were to single someone out it would be James Chester not because of his ability but because 
um, his lack of mobility due to the injuries clearly carrying was just uh, it wasn't good. He couldn't he couldn't make up the ground and couldn't keep organised because he was clearly carrying that injury. Well, look right, Villa's defence is not quite up to standard. We've talked about this plenty of times. So the fact that we scored four goals today, I'm liking Dino's you know attack first strategy because. Let's be honest, our defenders, as much as I love Tanzibi and Chester, they're not going to be able to keep it up all season by themselves. You know, we've got, I mean, going, going, up against, going up until January, right? I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll come back onto this, uh, you know, after we finish analysing the game, but our fixtures are ridiculously tough and we're just not going to be able to stop goals from going in. I, and I'm just, I'm just trying to be realistic over here, right? So it's good that, you know, Dean Smith is thinking, well, you know what, let's just make sure we, we score enough goals. That way... You know, we just won't be outscored. That's 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 the way to that's the way to look at it because there's no way, no way we're going to be able to grind out results sort of like one or two nil. Yeah, especially if you're going to concede um, really silly chances or give those big chances away to people like Chad Adams, you're gonna you're gonna concede goals and you're gonna have to make up for that with playing in style, making your own chances and scoring. You can only do that if you attack positively. Without you know launching it is one is not going to work in no situation. Birmingham found that out today. Launching it will get you the lead. It won't help you protect that lead, and it certainly won't help you get back into the match. Right, exactly, exactly. You need to be able to control the game for the full ninety minutes, and and you do you that by the game. playing good football. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this, uh, you know, it is. Uh, I thought Gary Monk would be a bit more positive in his approach, and Birmingham did this weird, weird set play, that like self-induced set play, where after conceding, they'd kick the ball back from the kickoff. Someone would put their foot on the ball like a field goal in the NFL, and then I believe it was um, either Kifton Bold or Craig Gardner would just punt it. Craig Gardner's face was all over social media today, wasn't it? Yeah, you and can... uh, th- these long balls aren't working, and people like Craig Gardner, um, they ain't good enough <laughs> for the championship. <laughs> what do you think? So I think Craig Gardner is good enough for the championship, isn't he? Oh, uh... he's a he's a he's a rough enough player that you know he gives you something. Surely, I think at Birmingham he's all right. Kifton Bell certainly but... is good enough for the for the championship. Kifton Bell definitely. Um, Craig Gardner, you put him in Rotherham or you know God knows you know, Brentford, anyone else. And I don't think he's at that level. Uh, you put him at Birmingham, a club he clearly has so close to his heart. And he'll play like Gabby. It's like Gabby out for us. You can't put him in a different team. He just wouldn't work. True. That's true. how I feel. But then you see like, you see a lot of um, Villa midfield rejects who are absolutely killing it. I'm talking about Barry Bannon. I'm talking about Jonathan Hogg. Yeah, I think, I think Bannon and uh, especially Hogg are just a class above Gardner. If Gardner was that good, he'd be playing in the Premier League now. Yeah, but did you did you think that Hogg or, or Bannon were, were that good? You know, when we'd let him go, definitely Bannon. Hmm. Um, we didn't actually see Hogg at all. We saw him one or you know probably three times max, and it was at a period when I'd completely got disenchanted with Villa. So um, yeah, I didn't see him much at all. Um, but definitely Bannon. I thought Bannon was really gifted, and of course he had the uh, the old drink driving issue, and I thought that was that that's the end of him. And uh, there, there are rumours that will bring him back, and I think he'll be a really, really, really good fit. Um, just depends how much he costs, but uh, yeah, I don't. Craig Gardner was all just nothing more than all right at Villa. Gary Gardner showed more, and especially when he was younger. But I don't think it is. You know, Craig Gardner was like Gabby; he's not going to fit in anywhere else. Spe- and that's their problem. Speaking of former Villa players as well, right? There was actually another one in that Blues team: Wes Harding, the left back. 
Uh, I hadn't, really? Yeah, I hadn't realized this, but you know, he'd actually been released from the Villa Academy in, 20, uh, in 2013. I had no idea, mate. Yeah. No idea at ne- all. Neither did I. Neither did I. But, you know, obviously the, the TV graphic came up um, and, and it said that. I mean, which for me was quite surprising. It was just like a kid, weren't he? Like 14, 15, 16. Oh, he's 22 he now. He's 22 now. So, yeah, six, six years ago, he had moved a, moved across from uh, Villa to Birmingham. And, yeah, um, he's, you know, it's not a Troy Deeney thing. It's probably the most annoying one. Um, Daniel Johnson, Callum Robinson, the people you let go that turn good. Stephen Davis um, voted Villa's player of the year and young player of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he won both awards. Um, I don't think Villa have ever had a really, re- they've got a really good youth program. They've just got, not got a very good development program. Yeah, yeah, actually true. Pushing them on. Um, Gabby Bonlahu is probably, <laughs> don't say probably it. our best um, don't youth product. Don't say it. Well, it's true. It? <laughs> it, it's true. Gabby Bonlahu has played in European Cup competitions. He's played for England. Um, he scored a bunch of goals for Villa. He's played at the Premier League. He's our all-time Mark O'Brien. Yeah. But Mark O'Brien wasn't successful for Aston Villa. No, okay. At the same level. No, fair. Not for Villa, no. And Jack Grealish, unfortunately, doesn't really count yet. I Harry think, Kane. you know, you've got, to be, you've got to be in the Premier League, haven't you, to start talking this. No, none, none of none of our, like, successful youth players have really come up and stayed successful with us. I think that's the I think point, Kieran Clark, I'd, I'd venture to say Kieran Clark was decent enough. Um, It just didn't really end well. But uh, what I'd do for him, um, to have him in the championship, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I mean if he can, st- he, he's sticking it for Newcastle in the Premier League. I don't. He's been he really is. decent for him. Not now, but I mean, he, you know, they're, they're just beleaguered now. But when he was positive there under Rafa last season and getting up in the championship, he was decent. But that's very a, decent. That's always been the case with Kieran Clark, though. Like he's he's fine until you like have a go at him. Like and and it was exactly that kind of. I, I don't know. I've had this argument with with people many <laughs> times. So I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll discuss uh, Villa's final goal against Birmingham. We'll get back on track because, uh, man, this goal was the stuff of legends. How did you even analyse it? <laughs> so Alan Hutton uh, clearly instructed to run inwards uh, due to, you know, he's not working on the wing, mate. He's got lack. Of, he ain't got the pace. Um, he ain't got the ability or the style or strength even sometimes to hack it on the wing. So he's been instructed to run inwards in the second half and he does it to some destructive style. He just glides past people. The second he picked up that ball, so he picked up a second ball. Um, I think Kifton Board and uh, Al Mohamedi or, or Lansbury had got into a challenge. And I think this tackle left, took Lansbury out the, of out the game. Um, Hutton picks up the second ball and just takes it across the entire pitch. That's all the way, best way I can describe it. And no one's, no one, looks close to stopping him. It was Maradona-esque. It was Maradona-esque. It was exactly <laughs> like that Maradona goal and against England and not the one with his hand. You know, I thought it was I thought it was like almost identical to the one at Hull City, but actually no. The one at Hull City that he scored was, you know, he picked that one up, you know, within the within the opponent's area. But what he did today, what he did against Birmingham City was he picked that up, you know, well in our own half. Well in our own <laughs> half. Ran the whole length of that, you know, of Birmingham City's area, and he finessed it with his left foot. And it was honestly, so far, in my opinion, I'm pretty sure we we had a wicked volley as well earlier. To be fair, this season, but one of you know it has to be in with a shout for goal of the season, you know, so far, just purely because of that. I mean, let's forget about the fact that the Birmingham City defenders all stood off him 
for some well, reason. They, they tried. God bless them, they tried. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I think like I, I don't think people actually expect it from Alan Hutton, but no one realizes. And I'll say this with absolute confidence: this isn't a rare thing with Alan Hutton. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't always score, but you know what? When he does run with the ball, he he does almost seem to keep that ball like glued to his glued to his legs. Like he almost manages to like. He's got this like interesting dribble dribbling style where he almost sort of like glides, doesn't he? Because he's a big fella. But well, he- a lot of people forget this that Alan Hutton was a an incredibly highly rated prospect coming out of Rangers and Tottenham Hotspur signed him. Oh yeah, yeah, listen, he's, he's a lot of people forget this. They think he's a joke. And yeah, his footballing ability isn't there. And I would blame Villa in a large part for that because they sacked him off for a few years. And this isn't me just coming out here standing for uh, Alan Hutton but my god has he come back in a big way that's footballing adversity for you basically made footballing homeless by Villa kicked off in the bomb squad yeah he maybe didn't put the effort in when we got relegated or before that but you don't you know when that happens to players they're usually done for the rest of their career they get put in a, they get they get to the big time they don't make it they get they get sacked off for the kids and the reserves they drop down the league they get sacked off to Spain we mm. play for Real Mallorca and Bolton in administration well, yeah, and uh, he comes back for Villa. He he doesn't do the best when we go down, but he's one of the he's the only player in our relegation team, bar Jack Grealish, who's had the chance to redeem himself and has done so. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like he and he gives he does wear his heart on his sleeve. You know, it was beautiful seeing him and Jack Grealish hug it out like at the end of the game as well. You know, walking off from the from the TV interviews and and also just the thing with Alan Hutton as well is that yeah, you as you, as you say. He's improved so much as a footballer over the last few years, and it's ridiculous how much. But also, I think it might also be a case of the fact that, you know what? And honestly, I have to say fair play to Steve Bruce as well, genuinely. But he's, I, I feel like, yeah, Steve Bruce, for example, and, you know, recent managers have actually respected that fullback position a little bit more, in, in all honesty. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think Alan Hutton's come on a big way. And look, he, he he's there for criticism. He sometimes doesn't perform good enough, but that, well, he's, position- everyone is guilty of that. His positioning's not good enough. It's not good enough for the top level. But honestly, no, as a wing back, not. as 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 a fullback that can take the ball forward, right? He's there. You know, he 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 imposes himself, which is something that Neil Taylor does lack just a little bit. Alan Hutton makes sure that you know that he's in the game. So here's the deal, Alan Hutton the meaning he has to us now. I would happily go out on a limb and say he's an Aston Villa legend. I would happily say that, mate. Because if, look, if you're comparing him to people like Dennis Mortimer and Paul McGrath, no, because it's different. The ability, the ability completely different. Paul McGrath, especially, at a time when people were hoofing it, his ball-playing ability as a defender, legend, legendary, exceptional, ahead of its time. Um, but Alan Hutton, the meaning he has, this, this is his era at Villa. This era is probably best defined by one player. If not Grealish, then Hutton, for sure. No, I was saying, Gary Cahill scored that overhead kick against Birmingham City. And that's why Villa fans always remember him. Did he spend a lot of time at Villa? Absolutely not, man. Like, he, he, he was better. We, we, the, the, I can't remember loads and loads of games that Gary Cahill played in. But because of that, he will be the stuff of legends for, Villas, for Villa fans. Yeah, ah. and that's, that's exactly what I'm saying is... People are going to, if you say Alan Hutton's a Villa legend, people are instantly going to bring up, oh, we didn't win a European Cup. He wasn't Paul McGraw. But Villa are in the championship. Villa have been on a downward spiral for years. And Alan Hutton is the perfect embodiment of that. A crap player, a bad 
player who dossed around when we got relegated, wasn't there, but picked up his boots. The only one out of three, I mean, we had Micah Richards who can't play because he's injured. Gabby Bonlahor didn't do, he, he scored a goal against Blues and that was it when we went down. Um, Alan Hutton has been performing in all sorts of games. He's dropped, the, he's dropped a bollock sometimes, but he's the perfect embodiment of Villa right now. And if he's doing all this stuff and thousands and thousands and thousands of people are singing his praises, chanting his name week in and week out. And here's one thing, the Alan Hutton chant must have started out as irony. When it started out, that Alan Hutton, Alan Hutton chant, that Alan Hutton is a Scottish cafe, that must have been irony when it started because when oh, it that was. chant started, he was bad and he has now earned that chant in a big way. That's what I'll put, I'll go out on a limb and say he's a, he's a Villa legend, mate. Serious, no joke. If we consider him Stylian Petrov to be a Villa legend, and he was bad when he started. He was bad for about two or three years. <laughs> like, first team, week in, week out, wasn't good enough. Well, Petrov. De- definitely yeah, no, his first was, season. He was, no, he, yeah. he wasn't great to start with, no. But look at the meaning Petrov has to us. He was bad for a few years. Look at the meaning Petrov has to us. And you're telling me Alan Hutton doesn't have close to that meaning. He's more meaning to me than Gabby Bonlahor. I'll put him, put him in the Hall of Fame, mate. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I... Because it takes a pay cut to play for Villa I see, when they're in, going into administration. I see where you're coming from. I see. I do see where you're coming from, James. But also, he is on big wages, right? And I think... No, that, that, that's, that's not my problem. But what I'm saying yeah. is that he... Well, he was anyway. I think that he almost had no choice but to play for Villa. Really. And he stuck up for himself as a man. And I, I think, you know, he told himself, like, look, I need to start, you know, I really need to, to make a mark here. And he did. Fair play to him. Would I call him an Aston Villa legend yet? No, I don't think I'd go as far as that yet. James, I want to see us get promoted at the end of the season. And if that happens, if he's part of that team, then fine. I'm going to put my hands up and say that Alan Hutton, you know, over the past few years has been instrumental to that. And we should thank him for it. Right now, what I'm saying is that he will never be forgotten in terms of Aston Villa memories because of what he did against Birmingham City today. But to call him a legend, I want to wait until the end of the season. Yeah, I get what you hear. I get what you're saying because that closes the story perfectly in a way that very rarely and players do get their stories closed. You know, they get a not happy ending. You know what I mean? It's like the story closes if uh or you know if we put in a good effort because look at the season so far i mean villa can literally lose five to three games for the rest of the season if they want to finish top two mate unless it's a complete and utter collapse and it gets really competitive we're looking at five or three losses okay but we're, we're we've 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 spoken about the um Birmingham city match now right yeah look at those yeah. next six fixtures easily there could be five losses there. I'm not saying that it would happen, but if you look at every single game, you know, as as one fixture each, if you look at it game by game, five losses is more than viable. Uh, yeah, and uh, I wouldn't put that on Dean Smith's shoulders nor Alan Hutton's. I think we have to look back and go, we didn't beat Preston. Um, we didn't beat Sheffield United. We barely beat Rotherham. Um, we have to look at the performances that we had uh, under the previous manager when we should have been picking up the points and when we should have made it nice and comfortable for ourselves for this period. And we didn't do that. Um, we did beat Derby. We did beat Swansea. We did beat Bolton and we did beat Birmingham. Four hard games. No bones about it, four hard games. Um, 
but unfortunately the bed has been made for us and really um it's on us now to uh make sure that we do our best in these games it's gonna get tough and like um alex on the site you know if you want 97 you know um 87 points or so you 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 cannot lose these games if you want to go up in the top two you really gotta think about winning these out and it's hard so just to tell you those next games you've got nottingham forest who have been good this season right you've got middlesbrough who are who have been ridiculously good they've got a ridiculous number of games unbeaten i believe you've got west bromwich albion who you know make no bones about it again they are a local rival who also have been doing well this season. Uh, you know, their manager has been doing an absolutely fantastic job. Um, you've got Stoke City straight after that. Right, Stoke City, they've been poor. You know, they've, they've really have performed like a mid-table side. But there's no saying that, you know, they don't pick up Premier League form again. Uh, yeah. Leeds United, again, up and down. They've been, they've been, yeah, I mean, to be fair, majority of the time you'd say that Leeds United have been have been, have been good uh they haven't been great recently but uh they've looked a dangerous side in the Marcelo Bielsa and then you've got Swansea again uh who again relegated Premier League team you never know which one of them is gonna is gonna, is gonna come out but but the, the point is there you've got Middlesbrough West Brom and Stoke which easily as a three you know are, are ridiculously tough yeah, um, for sure. And the next one, of course, is midweek against Nottingham Forest. Uh, how do you see this one going, mate? Well, look, Forest, Forest have been decent this season. I got, I got to say that. Uh, I think that you know, coming off the back of a Birmingham City, uh, a Birmingham City win. I mean, a, a win against Birmingham City. I would say that uh, that we should have the confidence to, to to go on and beat them. But you know, not, Nottingham Forest again. You know, they they they, they were good this season. I mean, I'm sorry, they were good today. I mean, this this weekend even, right? A 2-0 victory over Hull City. Joe Lolly scoring, but also our former striker from last season, Lewis Graben, who it is absolutely written that he's going to score against us, surely. Yeah, for sure. Um, pretty, pretty tough game. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Forrest. I saw them play West Brom earlier this season. Um, and that was a that was a real a uh, real mayhem game and that was that seems like forever ago that does um but i've not I've re- i'm not sure how i feel about them they are doing all right but they're doing just about as all right as villa i'd like to say that we should outdo their midfield purely because they've got an aging claudio jacob in there and then sort of jack cole back and you know you've got a choice between matty cash and, and, and ben osborne there uh i'd like to think we should outdo that midfield yeah for sure i think uh Fairly similar in production to Derby. Um, they're, of course, very close rivals. Uh, and if uh, if we can do Derby like that at their place, we have to think about translating some of that to First uh, and Karanka's Nottingham Forest, mate. I really do have to think about learning, taking what we did against Derby and see if we can package and uh, repeat that. Because we weren't good enough against Birmingham today. That hasn't been... We were not good enough. Um, we did get the goals. We did make the chances. Um, but you know, we were, again. We've spoke about this. We were in danger. We were in danger for a big, good bit. I'm not happy about the. And this isn't the first time it's happened this season. I'm not happy about the fact that the players don't seem to wake up until they've conceded. Yes, uh, for sure. I think I'd rather we'd all rather be click keeping these clean sheets, and uh, that's key, I guess, against Nottingham Forest. Is that do we want Villa to concede and wake up and win in big style? Do we want a five-one? 
if Villa concede first and are worrying? Or would you rather have a 3-0 or a 2-0 where we look dominant and in control and it's something we could take forward rather than this scrappy game that goes mad like a derby? I don't know. Um, it, it, you know, I think we will take the big score lines and be really happy with that. But I'd rather the uh, the clean, controlled win at home against a decent side, like the derby win. Again, it uh, keeps going back to that. Um, it seems very similar. But uh, a nice, controlled win for me would be good. Um, prediction, mate. Um, I'll go 2-1. I think we concede first. <laughs> I think I'm going to go... Lewis Graben scores as well. I'm going to go for a 2 0 to Aston Villa. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I haven't got that wrong, by the way. Lewis Graben does play for them, doesn't he? Yeah, he does for sure. Right. Okay. I'm just making sure. I don't know how good he's doing for them. He scored 10 goals but this he's season. There. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> That's really. Yeah, he scored 10 goals. I haven't heard his name. That's <laughs> the thing with Lewis Graben. You never hear his name. Well, this is the thing, right? And this is why I asked you, he does play for them, right? Because I, I have who scored open. Right. Whenever I listen, whenever I, wherever I'm looking at the championship statistics, I go to who scored, um, and he just was. He's very, very low down the rate in terms of, uh, very, very low down the list in terms of ratings. But yet he's made 14 appearances, three subs, and he scored 10 goals. So, Whoa. yeah, interesting, isn't it? He almost yeah because you've not. Can you tell me? Even last season, did you hear his name before he went to Villa? Mm, sort of. Because he was especially because he's at a bad salon. But this season, not going to throw his seventh. How many times have you heard his name compared to say Mason Mount or Judkowitz? Even I think he's almost hey, become one with the championship now, isn't he? Like yeah, he's uh, no matter how well, <laughs> no matter how well he does, no matter how many goals he seems to score, he always seems to just be chilling in this league. See, that's the definition of underrated, for sure. Um, you never hear his name. But he's never. the Billy Sharp um, of our generation. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I went 2-0. Um, after that match, Saturday, Tony Pulis, Middlesbrough away mm. on TV. This is going to be tough. Man. This is going to be, to be fair, we did say this against Derby. We did say it'd be tough. Villa are capable. Of, they're capable of surprises now. It's not the first two weeks. It's not those hectic weeks against QPR and Norwich anymore. Villa have got training under them. They've got style. <laughs> The thing that scuppers us against Middlesbrough, mate, isn't necessarily Middlesbrough themselves. It's Villa's injuries. They're carrying a few injuries. Well, yeah, injuries no, John much. McGinn, James Chester. Yeah, it's not looking good. Albert Doma. Sorry, excuse me there. So, and, and Lansbury, and we have got a match before this Middlesbrough match, so we we don't know what the health of the squad will be by the time Saturday comes. But you mentioned Lansbury, right? Can I just make Can I just make a point, right? That guy. Literally, he shaved his head, realized it was a bad idea, didn't show up again on television until his trim looked fresh again. I believe that that is what has kept him out. I respect that so much. Am I, am I right or am I right? Like, <laughs> You're right, you're right. <laughs> but then he gets, he gets injured again, which is a shame. Uh, unfortunately, you know. yeah. No, he come on. Um, I think he wanted to run his hamstring. Like he basically got that tackle, the tackle that led to Alan Hutton's goal against Blues. He got hurt, um, hamstring injury, and he there was a bit of a, a Barney on the, the sideline. He wanted to run it off, and Villa Villa's physio team were not having any of that. No, because if he if he fucking pulls that hamstring, he's out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You save him because he might be starting against Nottingham Forest. 
No, it's true. He could very well be starting, um, especially because uh, Conor Horan doesn't really seem to be doing brilliantly at the moment. I mean, um, there are times when he, he's doing well, um, doing this Glenn Whelan thing of dropping, or the Millet, and that thing of dropping in between the uh, centre-halves. But um, the long balls, man, the aimless long oh. balls, God damn. Oh, man, I picked up on that today. I picked. That was bad against Derby, and he's lucky he scored that free kick because that's the only reason I'd have kept him in. And I, I love Conor Horan so much. And uh, it's just a shame to see him fall back on this technique of just launching it. The thing to is, no he's one. capable. He's more than capable. But like today against Birmingham City, like before, before you know Villa scored, like he was trying to spray that ball to like I don't know where. Like he was almost trying to spray that ball back into St Andrews. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, he, he almost he's a lot of aimless passes, and it's it's not yeah. it's not him. Yeah, but that's what I like about Glenn Whelan. Glenn Whelan seems to like have the mindset very good at one touch passion Glenn Whelan is really you know put him in Barcelona for God's sake your limits man (laughs) they do all right there Um, but Hurahan um I really think he likes to have the momentum and charging down the game and really spearheading the attack because when we're being patient which is what we do now he seems to just not know what to do at all which is a, it's a big worry. And again, these spraying, spraying these passes, I don't know. And uh, you do you can't be doing that in away games. You know, very lucky not to get punished by that by Derby. Um, but Middlesbrough, they're up there. Man, that Middlesbrough team is sick. I'll say that. That defence is hard, first of all, right? You've got George Friend, Danny Ayala, who, can I just say, I mean, was he not... Um... Oh no, I'm I'm sorry, I'm thinking wrong. I thought I felt I felt like for one second that Danny Ayala was a player that was on loan at Villa. He wasn't. It was another random Liverpool defender who was who was here. Forget what I was going to say. Danny Ayala, who you know, who's who's played for the Spanish under twenty ones, and he has done a decent job in the Championship everywhere he's gone. Always seems to be out on loan, but you know he's he's always done a decent job. But then you've got you know Flint, who's just a big fella. Right, Aiden Flint, who's you know ridiculously tough to get ahead of, you know, forget trying to win a header against him, and then you've got Fry as well, who's who's, who's done a good job for them this season. That midfield as well is just ridiculously tough too. You know, you got Clayton Besic. I don't know how they've ended up with Mohamed Besic in the, in the Championship, and then Johnny Housen as well. But that's solid, man. And I worry about taking Glenn Whelan there. Our man Danny from uh, Wolves, who's come down on loan. <laughs> Um, he's had to sack off his boyhood club to uh, get some football in at Middlesbrough. Um, he was doing, he's doing all right. Who's that? Sorry, Danny, Danny, Danny Batts. Oh, Danny Batts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's doing all right at Middlesbrough. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pleasantly, uh, I'm pleasantly happy with that. Um, fair play to him. I've always kind of liked him, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I've always rated. Isn't him. he one of the few like uh, half Asian players as well in the in the in the Premier League? Am I right in thinking that? Yeah. Um, you share that honor with uh Neil Taylor, of course, yeah, and uh, our lad uh, Asa Sullivan, of course, of course, when he comes back from uh, wherever he is in the Eredivisie at the moment, I'm not sure how he's getting on. We got to do like a, a next international break, I think we'll do like a loan recap and we'll kind of catch up on all the loan players because they have I don't know what they're doing. Jordan Lloyd and all these lads are out there, I don't know what they're doing. Um, but it you know, I think if you look at Middlesbrough and you look at Derby, they're only three points above Derby. And if you think Derby are beatable, and they definitely are, you got to think Middlesbrough are beatable by Villa as well. Yeah, yeah, you say that, but then I think Borough, you know, they they have been ridiculously strong, and I think I think that midfield beats ours. You know, whilst McG- I mean, if if McGinn's not back, if McGinn's not back, I do worry. Uh, if, if I'm totally honest, 
Uh, it, you know, it's actually crying out for somebody like Mile Jelinak as well. That game. Yeah, I I think he's done at Villa, mate. It's a shame for sure. Absolute shame. Um, he's injured at the moment. Um, but there's been a lot of rumours, kind of very serious rumours that I've been moving back to Australia to play in the A League expansion franchise. So a new club booting up in uh Sydney, I believe that he'll be uh, their their main man. I think it's a disgrace what Villa have done with Jedinak. I don't know. Um, Genuinely, man, I think it is. I don't know. I think we... I, do we need him in midfield? I don't know if Glenn Whelan does a better job at what Look, Dean Smith wants to happen there. I don't know. He has done well playing in that linchpin position ahead of the defence. And, and, and I think he was doing fantastically there as well. Right? I think as well, I think as well the other thing is that we do lack a player like that sometimes. There is nobody in that team who can tackle like him. Maybe John McGinn, right? But not just that, but you forget the amount of work that he does with his headers as well. And I, I you know what? People can try and convince me as, as much as they want. That man is not a centre-back. He is a defensive midfielder and he does his job well there. But he's been stuffed into that position and he's not had a chance in that midfielder all this season purely because of some really, really irresponsible transfer dealings. And I think it's a shame that he's going, genuinely. Yeah, well, also, we don't know his feelings on this because, hey, it's a move back to his home country um, at a good time for him. And it's a big deal. You know, he'll be a big deal there. He'll be the, the star man. He'll be, no doubt, the captain and the star player yeah, and the highest paid player. Of course he will. Um, Villa can't I don't know if Villa want to carry his wages into next year I, I think his job for now seems to be done and I think he's done a good job of it kept us going for two years really was a star man in our first season in the championship probably our best player in that season um, last season I'm not sure um, come up big in some games and this season of course um, falling off the face of the earth he's injured and of course this rumour but it seems to have come to kind of a, a natural conclusion. Um, maybe um, we don't want to play the ball in the air so much. Maybe we want to keep it down. And he wasn't never good at that. He he launched. He kept launching it using his head. Um, wasn't a fan of really bringing it down. And but you know, I think it, it's one of those rare things again, like that Alan Hutton thing, where it comes to kind of a natural conclusion. True, true. That's fair. Um, and yeah, I think uh, Steve Bruce did him didn't do him justice. I think uh, a bit more training at centre back pr- in the preseason would have helped him and maybe accel- accelerated his development, and maybe it would have been a help now. But certainly not being forced into it halfway. Through, you know, mate, have you ever tried trying to turn a thirty-three year old player into uh, in, into playing in a different position on Football Manager? It's impossible. It can't be done. <laughs> but but also a lot. A lot of football, especially in your youth, and I know we're talking about a 33-year-old man and the youth products, but a lot of football is changing positions. Like Dion Dublin started off as a centre-back before moving to striker, then back to centre-back. Um, Miller, you that can be a centre-back, but you have to put the grafting in developing him into a centre-back because he has got the attributes to be a centre-back. To be fair, yeah, I thought it would have weird when Mascherano did it, so... But you you have to plan these things. You cannot just go... Right, he's a centre back now, and we're four weeks into the season, and we're losing games. That's never going to happen. But if we're winning games, yeah, he can develop in a positive environment. Not when he's getting slaughtered week in, week out. No, it ain't happening. Um, I, I think Villa done it done dirty on him there. That should have been something in preseason. Should have played him in preseason at that position and kept him there and developed him. But they didn't. They uh, they 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 kept chopping and changing, and it didn't work out. And that's really unfortunate. 
But the benefit is we get to see Axel Tuanzebe mm. and James Chester excel in their respective positions. Um, Middlesbrough, mate, then I need your prediction. Right. Downing, Hugo, Braithwaite. It's a tough three. Middlesbrough. Just dead. Just still going. Just dead, to be fair to him. All right. Let me have a look at the amount. Let me just have a quick look at the players in, in the Middlesbrough team. I know Borat aren't a typical Tony Pulis team because they do play very nice football. Guess Ted's barely had a look in. That surprises me so much. Well, oh, Samba Longa as well. You've got to remember he's in that side too. So, Poor Rudy. Um, I, I really miss him. John Hugo. Oh, yeah, I know. You know what? When when he went, I was so mad, man. I was so mad because, because, because we, we were then left with like loads of like small strikers. I ain't got a problem with that, but then if your whole if your whole idea of of, of playing football and your whole like your whole strategy surround is is surrounded you know by you know playing long balls, then why the heck have you just let our only six foot four striker go? Like that's that's what confuses me. Yeah, so you've got a massive, decent with his feet, big man. So it's like a very good Peter Crouch convert goals by the bucket load in the championship and you're going to let him go to Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah, six million, I'll take that. But then you go and buy Scott Hogan, who you barely play. And then you throw long balls up at him when he does play. Yeah, oh, that's so. I'm still so angry at that because just said because he was doing really well in that first championship season. He, he just sold him. That's what I don't get. He was he was doing well. Um, anyway, he doesn't get a look in now at Borough. Uh, he's really struggling. So, you know, you've got a Samba Longa, you've got Hugo, you've got Braithwaite. Uh, long story short, I think Middlesbrough are going to have a go at the defence. I think there's going to be you know goals in this. To be honest, if Villa are going to win, it's going to have to be something like three two or four two. Like I I I I know that sounds silly, but it's not silly under Dean Smith. Uh, I'm uh, genuinely I'm going to go three all. Oh, that's bold. And I'm going I'm going to bold. I'm going to put that down as my prediction. Trevor Hood, stick it down. And I'm and I'm I'm saying it confidently with, you know, hand on my heart, knowing that this affects the prediction league. I'm going for a draw as well, but I'm going to go for a well more conservative one all one one. Okay, fair. You don't expect the defense to I think it'll be bit. I think it'll be a brutal game. Brutal. Um, brutal. But then again, um, I do like being proved wrong. I said this against Derby. I thought we'd have a tough game. And um, if certain things did come off for Derby, we would have. Um, if Villa can keep uh, a decently fit side, I think we'll be a little to play for. And uh, a 1-1 necessarily isn't a horrible result. It's not a loss. It keeps that, you know, loss of, uh, you know, that bank of five or three losses. It keeps it intact and uh, keeps Villa moving forward. I'll take yeah. that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with that though. I definitely think it was gonna be three three. I not definitely. Sorry, I I have a feeling it's gonna be three all. I just I just see them scoring a lot of goals, but then I don't want to say that we're gonna lose. So I'm gonna say three all. Well, it comes to the time where uh, we should be wrapping up. So, uh, any final thoughts on today's stuff? I think uh, beating Birmingham is always good. Beating him in that style is always good. But yeah, disappointing performance if you're looking at footballing performances. But man, some damn good memories to take home. Alan Hutton absolutely made my weekend today. Absolutely made it. And honestly, you, I, I don't get left speechless very often in football. But I was speechless at that moment. I didn't know what to say. I didn't even scream. I didn't even shout. 
I just stood there speechless when that went in. Uh, take a bow, the Scottish Cafu. Uh, this episode is dedicated to you. Yeah, can't put it better than that myself, mate. Um, you can find him at Raza Journo, is it? That's the one, man. You you struggle to get that one out. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, the old the old one. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Um, you can find me at Jamo Rushdown. Find us all together at seventy five hundred to hold, and uh, we'll see you after the Middlesbrough game. So enjoy it, and hopefully we have six points in the bag to add to this three points. So uh, see you soon, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>